What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Masters of Community podcast. My name is David Spinks, founder of CMX and VP of Community at Bevy. Each week, I bring you an expert who will help you take your community to the next level. Thank you so much for joining me. Let's dive into today's episode. Hey, everyone. I just want to give you a quick heads up that my new book, The Business of Belonging, How to Make Community Your Competitive Advantage, is now available anywhere where you can buy books on Amazon and any bookstore. It is the complete collection of everything I've learned from the last 13 years and how to build community for your business and all of the frameworks and models that the CMX team has developed to teach businesses how to do this work. It's all in here. I really appreciate all your support. You can go and order it now. Today, we're trying something different, and I'm sharing the recording from a debate that I did with Rich Millington about whether or not people join communities in order to find belonging or do they join communities in order to find value and utility and information? We had a really interesting debate in a unique format that we tried out for an event for the first time, and everyone loved it. It was a really interesting discussion that helped us dive deep into the two sides of this argument. I think we all learned a lot. I won't tell you who won. You can all decide for yourselves at the end of the debate, but hope you enjoy it and hope you all learn something new. Rich Millington also has a brand new book out called Build Your Community. You may have heard our interview with Rich Millington just a little while ago on the podcast. He is one of the all-time experts on community, and the book is absolutely incredible. Dives deep into the data and analysis that he did into what makes communities thrive and how to build your community strategy from the ground up. Highly recommend you pick it up. And lastly, again, we're working really hard on this podcast and bringing you lots of good content. If you could just take a minute, maybe even just pause right now before you dive into the episode and leave us a review on Apple Music and make sure to subscribe to wherever you listen to your podcasts. It's a huge help for helping this podcast rise up the rankings and helping more people find us. Really appreciate you. All right, let's dive in. Enjoy the debate. One small thing about this debate is during it, at first, we had the moderator mute us at the end of our time, and then later on, figured out that that was probably not the best approach, and we should just let people finish their statements. So if you hear things get cut off abruptly right at the end, that's why. Uh, It's because we were muted at the end of our time. Uh, Hopefully, it's not too disruptive. I think you'll still get a lot out of it. If you're ready to jump into it, then I'm going to start the timer, all right? Hold on. So let's do this. The question is, what do members really want from your community? Is it information or is it a sense of belonging? And I will now let Rich go and you have three minutes. Go. So my belief is that most members in most communities, what they want more than anything else is good quality information. And I think that's because if you go to a community, especially of a brand, that you're not really looking for a sense of belonging. You're not looking to go there and meet other people that are using the same products and services as you are. And I think more and more, it's very hard to argue that we're in the business of building a sense of belonging. I think belonging is also going to lead you to try and increase the level of engagement and participation. And what we've seen from all of the surveys that we've done, all of the interviews that we've done, all of the research we've done, is that the number one thing that people want time and time again is a very high quality level of information within a community. And we've asked this many, many times, and the answer is always the same. And I think with this debate, it's really interesting to say, why not just do both? 
why not just offer information and a sense of belonging? Or why not say something like, people come for the content and they stay for the community? And I think we see those points in the lead up to this. And I think some of the comments go there as well. And I think the problem with this is that it treats these two things as equal. Like people equally want belonging and information. And I don't think that's anywhere near the case. If we optimize our communities to give people great quality information, everyone wins. It's good for the visitors. It's good for people that are visiting that community. It's good for the regular members. If we optimize for belonging, I think we're on a somewhat slippery slope. And I'm not against belonging. I think it's very, I think it's fantastic when it happens. But there are many ways to help people within a community. And I think information is fundamentally the most important one. And more than that, is that when you create a community of very high quality information, I think you'll also be in a community where people might actually begin to feel a sense of belonging to one another. But that's not the goal. I don't think the goal of any community, especially a brand, I don't think the goal of any brand community should be to build a sense of belonging. And again, I'm not against belonging. I think belonging is a fantastic thing to have in a community. I think we all want to be a part of communities where we feel that we belong. Where I feel we're going wrong is when we start optimizing for that. And I don't think we want brands to be building communities where we feel a sense of belonging. And in fact, we can think of many examples where brands have bought a very successful community and members immediately fled as far as they could because they didn't want brands to be the places that facilitate the sense of belonging. And so fundamentally, yes, you can have belonging and yes, you can have a um, high quality information. But if you optimize for information, and I don't think we're doing that anywhere near enough, if you optimize for information, that's what's going to win in the long term. So my argument is very simply that you need to create a community that focuses on giving information, high quality information first. Wow. All right. Sorry, my timer's going off. You were exactly under three minutes. So somebody <laughs> has been preparing. Mm-hmm. Good job. All right. <laughs> David, are you ready to state your case? As ready as I'm going to be. <laughs> All right. On your mark. Get set. Go. I did not prepare. So let's see how this goes. So look, I hear Rich. Information is what a lot of people turn to online communities for. But if we could zoom out for just a second, I, I think part of the challenge in this discussion is that I think what Rich is talking about is actually a pretty narrow view of community. And it makes sense. Like it's where most of Rich's experience is with branded communities, more so specifically in forums and support communities. And of course, you're going to a support community as an example, you're going to want that information as efficiently as possible. And to Rich's point, which he said really well in his past books and in a lot of his content, it's like engagement for the sake of engagement is not that useful. And actually, in a support forum, having more comments is actually a negative thing in a lot of the time, right? Because you want someone to get their answer as efficiently as possible. But this is very specific to a support forum or that kind of community. And what really excites me about the world of community and business is that it's so much bigger than a forum where people are just going to get answers. We're really talking about how do you make people feel like they are a part of what you're building. Not just because they have a technical question about your product, but because you are invested in, in them as a professional if you're in B2B or as just a human if you're in B2C, that you want to give them a space where they can find belonging, connection, 
They can find answers to questions, but I mean, they can go to a blog or an FAQ for answers. Why do they go to a community? Because they want to learn from other people. They want to know that they're not the only one with that challenge in their life. They won't feel as isolated and alone if they know other people have that question and they get to hear from other people who share those challenges. And so absolutely, information is like one of the basic needs that people come to a community for. They have a question, they need an answer. But coming to a community instead of a FAQ or instead of a blog, you do it because you want to connect to other people. You want to hear from other humans. And even in a support community, as Rich knows very well, a very small percentage of people are going to answer the majority of the questions in the forum. right? So yeah, for a lot of people in that community or users of that forum, they're not going to feel a strong sense of belonging or identity. They just want to fix their iMac or fix their phone or something. But for as you move into the center of any group, any forum, any community, the density of relationships, the commitment, the purpose is going to get more and more intense. And so those people who are answering all of those questions, I guarantee you, they feel a strong sense of community. Guys, what do you even need me for? Look at that. You ended right on time. I'm very proud of you. Nice work. Okay. Jen. So (laughs) I appreciate that. I would have to say also the comments are getting like heated and exciting in there. They're a little spicy. They're like duking it out for you guys. I love it. Rich, let's go back to you for a minute. You can have one minute to rebuttal. And again, I just really wanted to say rebuttal a bunch of times. So go ahead. Wait, hold on. Ready? Okay, go. So I think the problem with the argument isn't that communities aren't fantastic places to feel a sense of belonging. It's with business communities. And there's this mythology that people want to belong to business communities. And that's very rarely the case. Other kinds of communities, for sure, that's definitely the case. When you're talking about the overwhelming majority of successful business communities today, that's simply not the case. When you go to a business community, it's because you have a business need. And that business need is usually information. And super users, yes, sometimes they do want to feel a sense of belonging, but very often they just want a sense of access. Very often they just want to feel special. Very often they just want free stuff and swag and reward. There's a whole range of things to do with that. So I wouldn't optimize for belonging in almost any part of the brand community process. I would optimize for how do we get people great quality information? And that leads to an entirely different set of tactics. Sorry, Rich, you went over. (laughs) Uh, Did you get muted? (laughs) You got muted. Woo! I wish you moderated the presidential debates in the US. Sorry, but, hey, you know what? You were so prepared the first time. David, you got one minute. You ready? You I'm ready. ready. For the mute? For the mute? Okay, go. Yeah, so I mean, look, like to say that people don't want belonging is just ignoring the, what it fundamentally means to be human. Everything we buy, everything we do is driven by how we relate to other people. Literally, what a business is, is a group of people serving another group of people. Right? It's all just humans. And humans fundamentally are always seeking belonging, connection, identity. And so does a business have to provide that? No. Are people necessarily going to businesses and saying, like, this is your job to give me belonging? Like, You're not a business unless you do this? No. But that doesn't mean it's not a massive opportunity for businesses to provide that. Right? 
if a business can provide belonging, can create a safe space for people to connect with each other and yes, get information, yes, get education, but also feel deeply connected to the other people who are passionate about the industry. You got muted. You were muted, David. Punch in the face for having you get muted. I didn't even see the warning. <laughs> Damn it. I actually didn't give you a warning. That was my bad. Actually, not my bad. You should have been checking yourself. <laughs> I demanded 10 more okay. seconds for 10 second warning. <laughs> so here's the thing. Clearly, we're not done with this. We had initially discussed there will be at least one round of rebuttals. I'm thinking we need at least one more, right? Minute. You guys sure. good with another minute? Can you stick to a minute? I'll be, I'm going to do this at 10 okay. seconds. Okay? okay. So you can finish your thing. All right. Ready, Rich? Go. So I think there's very clearly a straw man argument now, which is, of course, people want a sense of belonging and they do. I never said that people don't want a sense of belonging. What I do worry about is when we rely upon businesses to build that sense of belonging. And I don't think we should be turning to businesses. It's very clearly have a profit motive. And if they have a bad year, they can cut the community program and abandon the community entirely. And they do that all the time. Well, I think if we want a sense of belonging, there's amazing places to go to. I want business leaders to do that. I want people building a sense of belonging for their friends and families. I want a whole revolution on that. But I think we shouldn't be relying upon businesses to provide a sense of belonging. Because the data just doesn't support it. I mean, how many people here? Think of all this audience. How many businesses for everyone here do you truly feel that you belong to? One or two? And how many questions do you actually ask in those communities? Nice. No muting. All right. (laughs) David, are you ready? I'm ready. One minute. Go. I mean, talk about straw man arguments. Like, first of all, you're just flipping it to say that, well, people shouldn't seek it out. Like, who are we to tell people where they should go to find community, right? Community comes in all different forms, family, friends, our network, our industry. There's countless ways where we are seeking connection from other people. And to say that businesses can provide a real sense of belonging and connection for people, I mean, tell that to the thousands of people who participate in the Salesforce Trailblazer program or the users on Duolingo who practice languages together or people who go to Nike Run Clubs, right? All these communities, all these things that are run by businesses, but still provide people with a genuine connection and belonging. Airbnb Superhost program, like it's a part of their livelihood. It's a part of where they make an income. It's a core part of their life. Someone said crickets in the chat. I just had to put, I just had to use that one. I am very proud of you both and nice work. Rich, do you have more response? I mean, I feel like we could just keep going here, right? Like this is also the chat. Whew, it's getting good. Spicy in there. It's spicy. Everybody has the answer. Ready, Rich? One minute. We're going more? All right. One more round? Sure. Even those examples like Salesforce, the majority of people go there to get information. Airbnb, if you go to that community today, the majority of hosts are looking for information. In fact, This morning, I went to the Airbnb community and there's people in there complaining about this bigger Airbnb purpose to build a sense of community and all those things. I think businesses can build a community and you can point to a few outliers that say, hey, these brands build a sense of community, but they would cut the budget for that in a heartbeat if they didn't feel it was profiting them. And that's a concern. So sure, if if people want to go to brands for a community, they can do that and some brands do that. These are the outliers. The majority of brands simply don't. 
I mean, how many brands do the people listening to this right now feel a sense of belonging with? I think that's the question. How many of those communities do they actively participate in? I think those are the questions that would be interesting to answer. All right, David, you got one minute. All right. Yeah, so just my last thoughts here. So Airbnb, another... like Going back to that example, actually, that's a great example. I'm glad you called that out because during COVID, Airbnb ended up having some pretty serious layoffs. Community team was untouched. Actually, one of the only teams that was untouched at Airbnb because they valued investing in the community, especially when hosts were struggling a lot during COVID. So yeah, I mean... If you use the example of how many communities do you participate in a business, you know, it's not for everyone. Not everyone's going to find community from a business, but I think we're seeing countless examples today of businesses that are building very, very genuine communities. Some great ones here in the chat from Ashley. Thanks for the tag in. There's so many good examples of businesses building real, genuine community today. It's not for everyone. Not everyone's going to see community there, but I think. It's very clear that this is a massive opportunity today. All right. So we are starting to get a number of questions coming in. And I think that some of this will help even clarify your points further. Just before we jump into other questions, does anyone have a final say in the particular in this matter? Or should we jump into questions and I'll let you do your final statement at the end? I'm done. It's a final statement at the end is good. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. I'm going to jump into a few questions. There's a number of them are for one or the other. And, but I think we'll start. I think it'll be good to like David, if there's a question for you, I'll let you go first and then give Rich a few minutes to, or a minute to respond. So I think this is a really good question. Uh, the, it's a big one out there. How do you measure the sense of belonging? How would you measure that? So David, that's for you. I'm going to give you two minutes and then I'll give Rich time to respond if he needs to. Ready? Sure. Okay. Go ahead. I have a feeling Rich and I are going to agree on a lot of this and that like... I mean, so how do you measure belonging? You can do things like the sense of community index, a pretty thorough survey that will kind of break down different elements of the sense of community theory and how present it is in your community. Frankly, I think it's overkill for a lot of communities. Like it's very elaborate. It's kind of confusing to get real insights from it. And so from our perspective, how we usually do it is in our community surveys, we ask a few simple questions that get at both the value, like to Rich's point, it's like, are you getting value from this community? We also ask questions like, do you feel safe in this community? Have you formed friendships in this community? We have kind of various questions that we've asked over time that just give us an idea of like, are we building a space that's inclusive, that's welcoming, that people are actually forming relationships? And are they getting the value out of this group that they came for? I relinquish the rest of my time. All right. Rich, you have either 40 seconds to finish it or... I agree. If you're measuring the sense of community, then there are measures in place. You could also measure the virtual sense of community and the research that's been done there. I think my biggest concern with measuring the sense of belonging is that it definitely makes sense for certain kinds of communities. I think those certain communities are really small. And for me, what is more important to measure is how useful the people find the community. And belonging is just one use, just one value of a community. And it's never in the communities I've studied, it's never the most important one. So I'm more interested in 
how useful are you finding the quality of information in this community? Are you getting the help that you need from this community? Because fundamentally, I think the work that we do in communities is to help people as best as we possibly can. And we seem to put this sense of belonging on a pedestal as the almighty great thing that every community should aspire to. And I don't think that's the case. I think we should focus on the information, the quality of that, and how much we're helping our members. I just had to do that one. <laughs> it's awesome. Sherry keeps telling me to relax and chill out. And I think some people aren't loving my love. Come on, Sherry. It's all right. It's all good. <laughs> I love it. No. So, okay. So awesome. Next question. Here's a question specifically for Rich from Thomas. So obviously, if people just want information, it can't just be like in Q&A format. So a sense of community around information, how else would you go about that? If it's, it's, It has to be more than just forums. So how do you build community around other things, blog posts or documentation or, right? So if it's just information, how do you build the community around that? Sure. People love to feel smart. They love to feel like they can contribute productively to a group. And I think that if you have a place with high quality information there to begin with, if you source some early great content to begin with, if you get people that are answering questions in a high quality way to begin with, it becomes a place that other people want to join and participate in. And it naturally begins to take off over there. If you look at what projectmanagement.com have done, for example, a fantastic online community, they only accept high quality resources in the community. To be accepted as someone that can contribute a resource is a mark of honor, it's a mark of pride. It's something that you can share with other people as well. So there might be a sense of belonging as part of that. Again, I'm not completely against this idea that belonging is a part of what we do. What I'm against is optimizing for it. And so you don't need a powerful sense of community to have high quality information. I think it's far more likely that if you have a very high quality community that is very well run, has great information, uh, low time to first response, uh, a very high response rate, high quality answers, is giving a lot of help to members. It becomes a community that people want to be a part of. It becomes a community that people want to contribute to. But that is a side effect of having the right thing in there in the first place, which is very high quality information, a very high response rate, just having a well-run online community. Again, there's a big difference here for a business community and a nonprofit community or any other kind of community. But I think a business community is quite unique in the context and uh, what it needs. David, anything to add there? So, I mean, think about how the community starts in the first place, right? So if you're launching a community where you want your customers, your people to answer questions and provide information to other people, who are you going to ask to do that? Why are they going to do that? Why are they motivated to step up to help other people? Why are they motivated to spend a lot of time in that forum trying to solve problems and support other humans? It's almost certainly because they feel some sense of shared purpose, shared connection to what they're doing, obligation to other members in the community. I mean, look at like Wikipedia, the ultimate information community, right? Like, yeah, 99.999% of us don't feel like we're members of the Wikipedia community. I go there to get, you know, look up a specific article on something. But the people who edit those articles, who create them, the core people who are creating the value for all of these people to efficiently consume that you're talking about, 
the people who are creating all that value on Wikipedia and all these information forums are absolutely feeling a sense of community and connection and purpose. Okay. So this question, there's a few people in here who have asked similar types of questions, specifically around profit, right? So a business is obviously, you know, if it's not a nonprofit or something, it has to be motivated by how they're making money. So how does that skew the way you go about building community? Does that skew it, whether it's it's a sense of belonging or it's information? How do you see that? And David, since Rich went first, last, I'll let you go first here. Yeah, this is the question, right? And this is why I wrote the book, right? The, The very title, The Business of Belonging, excited me because it has this tension of business value and community belonging. And that sometimes makes people feel a little uncomfortable to even kind of combine those two things. And the premise that I have in the book, Rich will agree on this because you said this before, is that like you shouldn't just build community, just build belonging just for the sake of it. The beauty of community is it can take so many different forms, countless forms. It could be events, forums, message boards, community councils. It could be chat rooms. It can have all these different formats. So there's lots of ways to build community. And the key is to start by understanding what your objective as a business is. And we always teach the spaces model, and that's in the book as well, for like understanding what is the objective we're trying to achieve and then design the community programs with that goal in mind. And so if it is just information and support, then you understand, okay, we need to build community that's going to motivate people to answer questions for other customers. If it's an ambassador program, we need to build a community that motivates people and engages people to run events, to organize experiences that represent us. You start with understanding what we're trying to achieve for the business, and then you design the community program around that objective. Rich, anything to add? Sure. I think if you want great support, then you need people providing great responses to questions. I think if you want customer success, you need people sharing ideas and documentation about how to use the products and services even better. There's a very clear connection to value there. If you want ideas, you need people sharing you know, great ideas in the community. All of these things are information. Now, it's possible to argue, say, oh, it's a sense of belonging that drives these things in the first place. Or it's a sense of belonging that is the cause of all these things. Or a sense of belonging is everything except the form. But I would dispute that. I think as, or if you have high-quality information, it gets more high-quality information. And... Sure, there might be an aspect of a sense of belonging there, but I don't think it's ever the primary purpose of the majority of business communities out there. It just isn't the data to support it. And information has a much closer connection with the ROI of a community than the sense of belonging. I think another question that has uh, popped up a couple times and that we even got before debate happened is a question around, okay, so let's say these two things can live together and you can have a community that is both informative and creates a sense of belonging. Not saying that either of you specifically said that, but how would you go about doing that? Do they have them all together? How do people manage the difference? You know, how do those live in that way? Rich, I'll let you go first. For how long? Two minutes. Okay. I think what David and I are both doing to a certain extent is taking out kind of extreme ends of the continuum so we can debate everything along that continuum because I think there's a lot of interesting discussion there. I would say it's more important to focus on information than belonging because if you focus on belonging, you're doing things like 
inviting people to introduce themselves to the community, hosting interesting and engaging events and activities, trying to have fun discussions and off-topic chat and all that. But the majority of brand communities today, and I don't think this is an arguable point, the majority of brand communities today are focused on information. And when you look at how you optimize a community for information, you're looking at things like how do you get great results to search questions, looking at all of the search questions that have been posted in the past, making sure you're keeping them up to date because that's what provides the most value to members. You're looking at how you make sure that when someone joins a community, they can easily find information and navigation and design of the website. You spend more time on the taxonomy. And I think these are the things that... This is why this debate matters so much to me, is that these are the things I think don't get anywhere near enough attention. And some people do it well. I mean, Brian and Erica have a great podcast that cover a lot of these topics, but we don't focus anywhere near enough on the information side as we do on the belonging side. And information is the critical thing. Overwhelmingly, it's a critical thing. And if you want to improve the quality of information, we start looking at the user journeys. We start looking at the ratings of information. If you look at what Dennis and Microsoft did in their webinar the other week, fantastic example of following a model that isn't always suited to building the best sense of belonging, but definitely helps members as most possible. They have, they have a situation where they're paying gig people from the, in the gig model to an answer for every answer that they are posting in the community. And so when we focus on information, members benefit a lot more than just a sense of belonging. All right, David, got a minute. So I got one minute. I thought Rich got two. Yeah, but yours is the rebuttal. I can twist my arm. You can have two minutes. All right, thank you. I could keep it to one, but yeah, look, like I think part of the challenge with any of these blanket statements is that a community is never going to be homogenous. And so what Rich is saying is often coming from the perspective of that like outermost circle of the community, the consumer, the person who's just coming for information. But as we know, a lot of the time people come for information at first and then they start coming back more because it starts to become a place where, okay, anytime I have a question about sales or anytime I have a question about people ops, now this is going to be the place that I'm going to keep coming to ask my question and get that information. And I'm going to start becoming familiar with more people. I'm going to start forming relationships. And over time, some of those people, some percentage are going to become more and more invested. They're going to move up uh, Rich's least favorite model, the commitment curve, and going to become very engaged in the community. And so it's not homogenous. You can't look at any group and say like, yes, that's a community and no, that's not a community. Yes, those people feel like everyone has to feel belonging for this to be considered a community. The realistic in the real world, the way it looks is there will be a lot of people who are just there to consume information. Yes, that's true. And Rich has a great point that we probably don't focus enough on how that information is presented to make it really easy for people to get those answers if that's what they're there for. That said, I don't think like you have to optimize for belonging and creating connection as well. Because if you don't do that, you're not going to have those core members that are actually creating all of the information that that other 80 to 90% are there just to consume. Yes, Rich, you have a response to that? So we've done a lot of research and surveys of super users and MVPs in the community. And belonging does come up, but it's rarely the most important thing. Very often, um, it's a case that they just want a certain level of access and they want a certain level of reputation. Sometimes they just wanted that feeling of helping as many people as possible. Now, you can argue that's belonging for sure. 
but it's never the top thing that comes out there. And I would disagree with this, that comment like in the real world because I feel the majority of brand communities, I don't think we can argue this point, the majority of brand communities today feel the people who want information and they're focused on providing information and the ROI of that community is focused upon information. And I don't think we need, I think belonging is great when it happens and I think it's fantastic and you can build a certain sense of culture and elements and those things. But I don't think we can ever argue that belonging for any of the top or even the majority of brand communities today is the primary thing. I don't think any data supports that. Go ahead, David. I'd just like to point out that I think I've shared quite a few examples of companies where people do feel a strong sense of community. And Rich has shared some general surveys that have been taken amongst, I believe, like clients or research that you've done. But I'd love to hear examples of communities where belonging is just not a part of it that you've seen. Like, what are examples of like these brands or businesses that you have found where no one's there for belonging? They're only there for an exchange of information. See, there's a trick in that question there, which is what are the brands where no one feels a belonging? So very clearly, there might be at least one person in that community that feels a sense of belonging, and then David's right, but that's clearly a trap in the question. So if you were to look, go to fevercom slash communities, and if you were to go to any of the top communities that are listed there, you would find overwhelmingly people don't want a strong sense of belonging. Even Wikipedia, the example you used, I've read a lot of studies on Wikipedia, even as one as recent as yesterday, and they said the majority of people creating articles aren't doing it because they want a sense of belonging. They're doing it because they feel a sense of ownership over the topic, the people that create the initial topic, or they're editing it because they like that altruistic endeavor. It's not always because they feel a certain sense of belonging. That is a part of it, but it's not the primary goal. Airbnb, people don't want that sense of belonging as much as what Airbnb think they do. If you were to look at any of the top communities, the ones I've been working with recently, HP, Sephora, Veracode, Jesus, I can't even lose track, um, USB, Octo as well. Many of them are here and belonging comes up to it, but it's a very slight fraction of the number of people that want information. He's got binders full of communities. I know he does. This is one example. Can I rebuttal? <gasps> yes. Go ahead. Uh, really quick. So, I mean, I think like there's probably a whole debate to be had around how we're defining belonging in the first place. I would argue that, yeah, if you ask most people why they do anything, they're not going to say, because I'm seeking belonging. It's just not really how we talk about things or groups that we participate in. But they might say like, I want to connect with people. You even spoke to like they have a shared purpose or shared, they feel that altruistic element of contributing to a space or editing on Wikipedia or something like that. So we can debate or argue or talk about what the definition of belonging is. But I think in all of those examples, if you just ask straight up, are you here for a sense of belonging? Like, no, like I wouldn't say that about most groups that I'm a part of. But if it's like, are you here because you care about the other people here and you feel connected to them and you feel an obligation to them or you feel connected to the larger purpose? Absolutely. I think you would hear a lot of that. Let me just jump in for 30 seconds if that's okay. Yeah, go ahead. Because I actually agree with what David's saying. Like you can get into the weeds of definition of even the question here. Is it a community if people don't feel a sense of belonging? That's a very valid question to ask. And I like that answer as well. And you could argue no. But people seem to think it is. Or at least a lot of people in our space are calling these things communities and maybe they shouldn't be at times. I accept that. The surveys we've done, and I'm trying to think, we must have done dozens of these. I mean, maybe 50, 60 surveys of different clients, 
tens of thousands of responses, more than that, actually, must be like hundreds of thousands of responses. And we don't just ask, do you come here for a sense of belonging? There's a whole variety of flavor in the questions. And sometimes the idea is, you know, do you come here for to meet friends and make connections? And it does come up, like making connections does come up. But if you ask what they want from those connections, it's usually like career opportunities or information and things like that. So yeah, there's a definition stuff that you get there in the weeds. Also, I gave you a minute instead of 30 seconds. Just see. We have so many questions. There's absolutely no way we'll be able to get to all of the questions. So I am going to offer up these guys. They, we haven't discussed this. To answer some of these questions, we'll find the right format, whether it's a blog or I don't know, maybe David has a podcast or something that they could talk more about these things. And right, we have a lot more questions to ask. I have one question. A couple of people have mentioned it also. And I know it sort of came up when in some of our initial discussions. And David mentioned Rich's dislike of the commitment curve. Can we get can we get a quick Maybe first from David. I mean, there's two. Are you? He's grabbing his book. There's two full pages that have pictures, and you know, there's a whole section on commitment curves. So if we can get a quick what it is and why is it important, and then hear from Rich, and then we'll do our final vote and wrap it up. Yeah, absolutely. I love the commitment curve. Most people love the commitment curve, just not Rich. <laughs> So the commitment curve is basically... I was trying to find the picture in the book. I'll find it while Rich is talking. And it's essentially a graph that shows that over time, somebody's level of commitment can go up. And so the curve is all the actions that someone can take in your community that says over time, as that commitment goes up, they'll take greater and greater actions. And now this came up. I learned about it from Douglas Atkin, who built community at Airbnb and before that meetup. And what he found was they were welcoming people into the meetup community and saying, thanks for signing up for meetup, host your first event. And he realized, wow, that's a huge ask to be making of people right when they first join your community. And their level of commitment isn't going to be that high yet. And actually, there's this curve where at first, they really are only committed enough to take small actions like fill out your profile, say hello, introduce yourself. And over time as they become more engaged in the community, then they're going to take greater and greater actions, right? So for the information forum example, they're going to come and just consume information first. And then maybe after a while of consuming information, maybe then they decide to answer a question for someone else. So they post their first question. Eventually, they become a power user and a leader or an ambassador. Yeah, there's a picture. Thanks, Jen. And so it's a really useful framework for just taking all the actions that someone can take in your community and mapping it out over this curve and to give you an idea of when you should be asking your members to take actions based on where they are on that curve. All right. Oh, how Rich, long do I have? You have two minutes. Let's okay. keep it quick so we get to more questions if we can. All right. Let's do I one know. minute. Let me try and give a very nuanced answer here. I think commitment curve is one of those ideas that as a framework, it's fine. You can use any framework you like. But the data doesn't tend to support this model that people actually become radically more or less more committed to communities over time. And we've actually commissioned research on this specific thing. We've published the results on Phoebe in the past. What tends to happen is that people, despite what we want to happen, despite what we think will happen, 
jump around all over the place. They will answer a couple of posts this month, they'll disappear for a few weeks, they'll become a top member for a month, they'll disappear. And there are things you can influence them. And I think you like user journeys make sense, especially at the newcomer phase. But as a full model, I don't think the data supports that in a predictive way, you can predict what people are going to do. As a theoretical model, I'm open to it. I don't personally like it. I don't think many people are using it today. But as a, I don't think the data supports it. But I think people jump around all over the place and it's far messier than what we think. Real quick, Rich, I'm curious, if you removed the time access, so it's not time-based, but just a way of understanding that basically as commitment goes up, actions, like level of contribution goes up, would you agree with it then? Actually, no. Data that I've seen, I haven't seen any data that supports it, and the data with commissions suggests it doesn't happen. That people, from the moment they begin, tend to participate as much in that first couple of weeks as they do a year later if they stick around. What does happen is that people tend to drop out right at the beginning. And there are things you can do right at the beginning to get people to stick around. But the actual level of contribution that people make tends to remain relatively consistent in a community over a period of time. There are one or two exceptions to that. But yeah, I don't want to dive too deep into it. So we can discuss it another time, maybe. Clearly, we needed about three hours for this discussion. And we have a lot of folks in the chat who who also are very knowledgeable and have lots of information as well. So I'd love to think about a format that allows some of that discussion to happen as well, because it's really interesting. And again, we have 26 questions. A lot of them or some of them can be combined that obviously we are not going to get to. I want to make sure I want to give each of you a little bit of time, even if it's just one minute each of a overview kind of wrap up of your thoughts. Oh, there are raised hands. Also, somebody said they keep getting kicked out. I swear I nobody's kicking you out. I promise. <laughs> and I will do my best to figure out how to get a download of the chat because I know everybody has been asking for that because there's all kinds of gems going on in there. David, it looks like you are you're unmuted. You oh. can go first. And then we're gonna do, we're gonna see who won. <laughs> well, I, I know we only have a, a few minutes. So, I mean, I think I made a lot of my points um, pretty clear. It's just like, I think it's one of the biggest opportunities that businesses have today is to build community. And I don't think you can build community without investing at the core of really making sure that the people who are creating value feel connected, feel connected to the purpose, feel connected to each other. That's what's going to motivate them to show up every day and create that value for all the other members who are just there to consume information. So I'll leave it at that. And maybe we can follow up with all the questions when Rich's book, next book comes out and we can uh, continue our debate. <laughs> all right, Rich, go ahead. I think it's definitely been a really interesting debate, a little more intense than what I thought. Like I feel a bit like intense um, during this debate. I don't think belonging is completely redundant in a business community. I think it should not be the priority, and that might be the core difference. But again, it depends on the definition. If you think people wanting to help is the same thing as belonging, then we might be talking about the same thing. But I think that's more of an individualistic motivation. I think my key point is that we spend so much time trying to build a sense of belonging, but the survey data I've seen, all the things that I've experienced don't suggest that is the best way to build a successful community that delivers the most value to the business. I actually don't expect I'll win the debate, to be honest, because I think a lot of people 
want to be in the belonging business because I think that feels better for us because we're building a sense of belonging. It's a very exciting thing to be doing. It feels like naturally the right thing. But hopefully this debate has opened the eyes that to some of you, at least like focusing more on information, how we get better quality information is the right thing to do. Thank you so much. All right. Well, sadly, we have to wrap this up. How sad is that? But I do have a poll for everyone. Uh, now, be nice. I love in the chat, everybody's like, Rawr, and then they're like, actually, I love you all. So I would add, let's get the poll going. Let's see who won the debate. <laughs> a quick jump for Rich immediately. Let's see. Where's David's folks? Where's all those people you paid? When we do these live, we do it by round of applause. Oh. <laughs> I mean, we can't do that here, but... This version of it is less fun as a poll. Like that? It could do round of applause. <laughs> Yay. I should have also said, I said in the chat, um, this is all in good fun. I have a ton of respect for Rich. I love Rich. We go way back. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that we agree on a lot of things because I think it brings a lot of really unique and interesting insights to this space. Do we have some folks that will vote for you if you send them a copy? <laughs> <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Let me just jump in there because like, we set this up as, as a debate that's a little more antagonistic than what we are. And I think me and David, we often drive each other a bit crazy at times, but what CMX has done and what has contributed to the industry is amazing. And I'm like so honored to be able to debate you, David. I think the audience is being amazing as well. And I think it's great to see different perspectives. And I think the format as well, we haven't quite got it right yet. I mean, we need to figure out some things, obviously, but it's interesting and I like it. Like, I like it. It's a different kind of webinar and, and session. And yeah, it's been a lot of fun. So, regardless of who you vote for, I would like to say thank you for everyone for attending. We need more sound effects. That's what we need to improve. <laughs> more sound effects. Yeah, I'm glad you all enjoyed it. Hey, <laughs> Thanks. Clearly, you need a better moderator. That will be first on the next list. All right. So yes, I actually can download the chat and we will make sure that when the video goes out and all that, that there's a link to the chat as well, because literally there's like, it's full of gems in there as well. All right. Thank what? you everyone what? for... I couldn't see the results. Yeah, I can't what? see the Oh, results. you can't see those. Oh, do I have to end it? No. Oh, sorry. There you go. Can you see it? No, see you still can't see it. it. Okay. Hold on. Oh, there it is. Oh, okay. uh, yeah. Uh, in your face. <laughs> Yeah, I, mean, I would say like a lot of this is the is my audience that I promoted the webinar very heavily to right. my audience. And I think that'd be a factor. But thank you so much, everyone. Yeah. I think I'm definitely up for doing a debate like this again. Like I think it's very interesting and a lot of fun. I'm always down. I love debates. I did a model congress when I was in high school. It was my one of my favorite things. Oh, Especially when you're forced to choose a side that you personally don't agree with. That's always exciting to force yourself to think about the other side. All right, one guys. more thing, uh, please oh. make sure that you get David's book as well. Like, I think whether, you know, you agree on my points or not, I think it's always good to learn from the variety of perspectives. So please buy his book. It's such a fantastic book. And yeah, I think you should buy it. Thanks, y'all. I like that you just talked, neg- like debated it for like a whole hour. And then it's like, it's a great book. <laughs> I think it's important to get a range of different perspectives. So whether you agree with what I'm saying or not, like, I definitely want to learn what another view is, the examples and all those things and the model. Yeah. And I didn't feel a lot of the book wasn't entirely about belonging. It's how you build a thriving online community. And that's so useful to everyone in this field. So yeah, I'm happy to endorse the book. Thanks. Yeah. The title is a little bit of a 
clickbait, not right for a book, but it's meant to draw you in and, and ask an interesting question. But it's literally like a textbook that just goes through all frameworks for how to structure your community strategy. So hope you all enjoy it. Hope you check it out. And if you do read it, drop a review because those help a lot. All right. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. I see a lot of people have had to already jump off. I know we're all in Zoom after Zoom after Zoom. So I'll thank you both, Rich and David, for joining. And been awesome. Thanks, Jen, so much. (laughs) Thanks a lot. And I'm going to leave you all with this. Guys, have a good one. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye. The Masters of Community is brought to you by CMX, the world's largest network of community professionals, and Bevy, the enterprise platform powering communities for the world's leading brands. This episode was edited and produced by Finesse Media. Music was provided by Seiji Cataldo, and design was provided by Virginia DeMarco. If you enjoyed this episode, please drop us a review in iTunes. It's a huge help for helping us get this podcast in front of more people. We really, really appreciate it. And share it with your networks. The more people that learn about the power of community, the better. We have a new episode every week. So until then, thank you so much for listening and see you next time.